Paul Byron to Shea Weber at back. Travis Turbot lost it inside the line. Chance cut can you be Listening to Boys in the Booth, a local hockey podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this Let Us Explain episode of the podcast. Uh, This time I will be explaining the mindset of a Toronto Maple Leafs fan like myself heading into Game 7 in the first round of the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs between the Montreal Canadiens and our Toronto Maple Leafs. Father's Day is just around the corner and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Yeah, you heard that right, the 4.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping using the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. You know, I actually just finished using mine, trimming up my playoff mustache. I think it's looking great. Hopefully I have that for a while. Um, But Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming, and they just launched their Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Imagine surprising your dad with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized body hair trimmer that says, your balls will thank you, on the box. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Now you might ask, how is this Mower 4.0 different from other trimmers? Well, this upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. This is a great feature if your father or yourself does a lot of traveling. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave. And you can now shave your balls in the dark. So that's cool. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 to 4. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Yeah, you heard that right. Wireless charging ball trimmers are a real thing right now. Have you ever seen a nose bush sticking out of your dad's nose? Well, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer is the best nose hair trimmer on the market and the perfect gift for your pops. They also have other amazing products like cologne, crop mop, ball wipes, crop reviver, ball toner and crop preserver, and the ball deodorant. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BITB20 and don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. Um, So I wanted to start off this episode with the song Guilty Conscience by Eminem. And for some of our millennial listeners, you should know the song I'm talking about. Uh, it was on the Slim Shady LP and maybe even some of the older or, uh, older Gen Z listeners. Uh, you might know what I'm talking about too. But I wanted to start it off with this song because I feel like it's a perfect representation of how I feel right now as a Maple Leafs fan. So if you need a refresher, this song is a essentially uh, Eminem and Dr. Dre and Eminem uh, is singing on behalf of Slim Shady who wants to commit these heinous acts uh, because uh, the he's sort of like a deranged 
uh, criminal. And that's, that's the persona that Slim Shady takes on. And then Dr. Dre comes in and it's essentially a back and forth through a few scenarios. And Dr. Dre comes in and he acts as Slim Shady's conscience. And he essentially tells Slim Shady that you, he can't commit these acts because, you know, what about their families and this and that. And then by the end of the song, Slim Shady catches his wife in bed with another man and Slim Shady wants to kill them both. And after some explaining and some bickering back and forth, uh, Dr. Dre, his conscience, uh, he, he finally agrees and he says, okay, where's the gun at? And that is how I feel right now as a Maple Leafs fan, because especially after that game six that we witnessed last night, I just feel like I want to blow up and I, and I can't, I can't be a fan of this team, especially if they lose game seven. And, and that's just how I feel. I feel like, why am I a fan of this team? Uh, why do I torture myself? Why not? Why can't I be a Tampa Bay Lightning fan? You know, not just because they're good, but because even when they got swept, it wasn't that big of a deal because they don't live in a media hub, you know? Um, and then they go on to win the cup. Whoop-de-doo. They're a great team. How fun. Must be nice. Um, so I'm always, I'm constantly thinking to myself, you know, why do I torture myself? Why am I a Maple Leafs fan? And, uh, and it's just, it's really tiresome and frustrating. Um, but then relating back to the song in my head, my conscience sort of comes through and, and that's just what I'll call it in, in this situation. And maybe it's my rational mind instead of my conscience, but it's another voice anyways, telling me, listen, Chad. This team is very good. Um, they were first place in the North Division all year long, except for maybe a week and a half at the start of the season because the Leafs started out their year 7-2-1, and, one, and uh, you know the Habs started out their year 8-1-1 and one or something like that. And it just... It, and I and I get all these things right coming coming from this rational part of my mind, and it keeps telling me, you know, this team is good. Uh, they need a defense. Okay, Kyle Dubas, he went out and got Jake Muzzin last year, and they got T.J. Brody, and Justin Hall has stepped up, and Travis Dermott playing as your number five or six guy. That's amazing, and and uh, you know Zach Bogosian for your depth, perfect, and Rasmus Sandin stepping in. Okay, we've got a decor, and I've been on record on this podcast saying that I think this decor is you know top ten in the league, and and I truly believe that. And then you know my rational mind is saying, and Chad think as as well. You know, they have one of the best top sixes in the NHL. You know, Austin Matthews uh, won the Rocket Richard Trophy this year. He scored 41 goals in 52 games. He was on pace for 65 goals in 82 games. That's incredible. Um, and, you know, you've also got Mitch Marner and, and, and William Nylander and John Tavares. And, and your top six is one of the best in the league. And then, you know, the, the rational voice also says... And your depth is so good. Jason Spezza, he outscored Josh Anderson this year. And uh, Alexander Kerfoot, who's become a really nice, you know, middle six player. And even Joe Thornton at times during the year playing on, on the top line with Matthews and Marner had been amazing. And who can forget Zach Hyman? And, and this rational voice just keeps telling me that this team is really good. Like, how would you build it differently on paper? 
And then we go out and get Nick Foligno at the trade deadline. And that seems like a, a match made in heaven. And there's just, you look at this lineup on paper, okay? And they're very good. They are. They look like a perennial contender now. Not a team who who is losing or who might lose this first round series. I know this series is tied. By the way, I've been watching every game. And they've got Jack Campbell in net. They have Jack Campbell, who has been turning out night after night, Vesna caliber performances and. So that's the rational voice telling me all these things. And then there's a seed of doubt. And that's the first voice that was speaking. That seed of doubt that has been scarred year after year after year by this immature, mentally weak team on the ice. Okay? You go back to 2013 and you look at that series. No, the Maple Leafs were not supposed to win that series. They probably should not have even made the playoffs, okay? Nazem Kadri was one of your best players. I mean, you can argue Phil Kessel, but they should not have made that that playoff series. And, and to even get to seven games is incredible. The fact that they lost after a 4-1 blow-up, I mean... They weren't supposed to be there in the first place, so that's water off your back, even though it wasn't a a monumental collapse at the time. Fast forward to 2017, okay? You're playing the Washington Capitals, probably the deepest team in the league, and actually they won the Cup the year after that. Did you know that? You probably did. You're listening to a hockey podcast. They were a very, very good team, and the Maple Leafs squeaked into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. They had no business taking Washington to six games, and I believe four of those games were in overtime. Um, I remember the the sick behind-the-back pass by Brian Boyle in overtime uh, to Kasperi Kapanen when he was first starting out. He was a rookie that year, Um, and it just... Everything seemed to be just fun, and, and and everyone was talented, and we were having a great time, but we were playing with house money, okay? We had no business taking that, that team to six games, and, and no business winning that series, let's be honest, okay? So fast forward now, and we'll lump these together. 2018 and 2019, we're playing the Bruins. Both of these years, um, yeah, yeah, we, we the, the Leafs competed, okay? I don't think they were the favorites uh, going into either of those series. I mean, I mean, certainly they weren't. They were not the favorites, um, but they lost both of them in Game Seven. And then, then you look at it as a whole, and it's like, okay, the Leafs have played four playoff series uh, in, in recent memory, and they haven't made it past the first round. What's going on? But even like looking at those Boston series, like you could, like you can think to yourself, okay. 2018, you know, the kids were still young and and playing well, but we probably still weren't the better team, okay? And then in 2019, you think, okay, this might be a bit different. Uh, I believe 2019 was the year that they had like 105 points in the regular season, but they but they had to play the Bruins in the first round just based on how the the Atlantic was structured. Which kind of sucked. It is what it is. But if you want to win the cup, you've got to beat the best. And they weren't able to. So, But even going into that series, like they finished third in the Atlantic. I, like they weren't expected to, you know, they weren't expected to win the cup 
at all. They didn't have that kind of pressure. Okay, fast forward to 2020, and uh, and they're in the bubble against Columbus, and they get goalied, and that's what people chalk it up to. It's like okay, Merce Lickens and Corpusallo played phenomenally, and and it's a weird season to begin with, and whatever. It doesn't really matter. Let's just you know refocus regroup and start the next year outright and 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 be productive and be the best team in the league because we know you know we can get there and that's what Maple Leafs management and everyone was saying and that's why Kyle Dubas went out and bolstered the lineup of this team because he was rewarding the players um, just for their regular season success and and being a uh, contending team and, and whatever and those moves in the offseason and then again at the deadline it seemed like those moves were going to be able to put the Leafs over the top and it really did in the regular season this team was phenomenal this year like I said they were first in the north um, other than the first like week and a half of of the season they were the they were the best team in the north division all year long and it wasn't even close and I think it's fair to say that but okay, here we go. We're, we're going into to, to game one against the, the Montreal Canadiens this year. First round series in 2021. And and by the way, this Montreal Canadiens team, I refuse to give them any credit for winning any games in this series because I truly believe the Maple Leafs have, have lost themselves these games. And not in typical fashion. Um, you know, typically in the past, it would be uh, the, the team gets goalied. And whether that's by, you know, some random uh, young goalies like Corpus Allo and Merzlikens, who, by the way, were both so average this year. They are not world enders. Um, but that was the excuse. Oh, they got goalied. Or you go back to 2019. Oh, uh, they, they got goalied by Tuka Rask. And, and the year before that, they got goalied. They got goalied. And it's like, I'm so sick of that narrative that the Maple Leafs have always had the second best goalie in the series um, come playoff time. And so that narrative is going to end this year playing the Montreal Canadiens. And okay, here we are. Game one. When they came out and lost that game, was anybody surprised? I, I mean, personally, I wasn't. I just thought, you know... Okay, Montreal, of course, is going to get a, get a game or two on us. And, you know, Carey Price, for whatever reason, plays better during the playoffs. I'm still not convinced that he's even playing that well, even though the, even the underlying numbers point towards that. But even if he is, it's not an excuse. We have some of the best players in the world on our team. I, I just, I'm so sick of that narrative. But I wasn't surprised that they lost game one. Games two, three, and four looked like the Maple Leafs team that we saw this year. And that gave me so much confidence going into games five and six that they were going to close out the series because I truly thought that the Maple Leafs of old had vanished in that their winning ways and their winning culture that you know and, and and make and doing the right things and creating good habits and all of the things that Sheldon Keefe preached I really thought that this year was different because of those things and then they lose game five okay and I'm still not worried because game five 
that there was a gaff in overtime by Galchenyuk. I mean, he turned it over. You go down on a two on zero. Ah, I mean that probably shouldn't ever happen again. Two on zero in a five on five overtime. What a joke! But it is what it is. What do you expect, Jack Campbell, to stop that two on zero? Not a chance. You've got two, you know, young studs coming in on you, and uh, that that was just a joke. They looked shaky from the start of that overtime. And by the way, speaking of those two young studs, why the hell was Cole Caulfield scratched at the start for the first three games? I believe of this series, he's their best player. I'm I'm being completely honest. I think Cole Caulfield is their best player. Maybe Nick Suzuki. You can make the and of course Carey Price. But in terms of forwards, Cole Caulfield is so deceptive. And I wasn't even sold on his skating prior to this series. But watching him closely, he's the only guy on this Canadian team that I'm worried about when he has the puck. He's so skilled and deceptive and this guy is is going to be a 30 goal scorer in the nhl for sure and him and suzuki playing together they're just having fun and and this is a joke to watch because he was scratched for the first three games and he's hands down their best player what a joke okay so we go into game six this was last night and by the way i've literally done this all in one take this is hilarious i am just so fired up about this team in, in good ways and in bad ways. Um, but we go into game six, okay? And things don't look good right from the start. And you think to yourself, okay, some of these bad habits have crept back in on this Maple Leafs team. And, it, and it's just a joke to watch. They don't want it until they have to try. They don't seem to want to win until they're down by a goal or two. And you can say what you want about, you know, the calls in in the third period and the penalties and whatever, but it just doesn't seem like they wanted it until they're considered the underdogs. You can't play like that if you're going to be a Stanley Cup winning team. Let's talk about the penalty in the third period. The Mitch Marner one specifically and you know what let's talk about Mitch Marner as a whole and we can lump in Austin Matthews right now too I mentioned already Matthews had 41 goals in 52 games he was on pace for 65 goals this year okay fifth in the NHL in points and first in goals he won the Rocket Richard Mitch Marner 67 points in 55 games on pace for exactly 100 points in an 82 game season that would be the best Maple Leafs season since Doug Gilmore. Okay, Mitch, you want to make the comparison to Doug Gilmore? You want to be compared to that guy? He was doing it, okay? And I, he was even playing so well, okay, down the stretch, especially defensively um, and, and his two-way game in general, that I felt confident enough in this player to say that he was the best winger in the NHL and and Matthews for that matter I am on record saying that I think he's the second best player in the NHL two hot takes I know they're contentious I know that not everybody thinks that way I know there might be a little bit of bias involved here but you can't deny that there is a genuine argument for both of those claims okay but Matthews and Marner both have four points through six games 
in this series here. What an absolute joke. These two players need to step up or step down and and just recognize that maybe you can't be a game breaker. And if that's the case, then maybe Dubas has to look at this team and uh, and make some changes. But I, I don't think we're there yet. I think these guys are game breakers. They've had a tough, tough series, especially trying to find some open space. Every inch of ice is contested out there. And these guys need to find a way to make a difference like they did in the regular season. And they haven't done that. They haven't even been their best players. They haven't even been in the top five best players on this Maple Leafs team. You know who has? And I'll rank them one to three right now. Our best player in the series, Jack Campbell. Hands down, bar none. You can't even argue that. He has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. I said at the start of the series, if they get average goaltending, they should walk all over the Habs. The Habs were a 500 team in the regular season. Their best player is 19 years old. This team wouldn't have made the playoffs in the regular format. But Jack Campbell has stood on his head and has been the best goalie that the Leafs have seen in the postseason in I don't know how many years. And they're still tied at three right now. And they're close to blowing it. But Campbell's been the best player in the series for Toronto. Number two, my boy, William Nylander. Number two, hands down. Can't argue it. I won't hear it. He's been so good. It's ridiculous. He's the only player on this team that's over a point per game. He has seven points through six. Four goals in his first four games. This man... He's playing better defensively than I've ever seen him. Um, he's scoring at a higher pace than we've seen him score in the playoffs. He really looked at the John Tavares injury. and but I haven't even talked about that. But that's not an excuse. You can't have that as your excuse to lose this series. It's not an excuse. Look at the lineups. On paper, Toronto is still twice the team Montreal is, even without John Tavares. But William Nylander really took it upon himself to step up in this series. And he's done just that. He's been throwing hits, forechecking like an animal, little extra efforts in all areas of the ice, including the defensive zone. He's been incredible. Third and fourth best players, you know who they are? 38-year-old Jason Spezza, for one, who has really been, you know, a calming presence throughout this whole crazy series so far and he's he's got some points he has the same amount of points as both Matthews and Marner he had a higher points per 60 this year than some of the best players in the league just because he doesn't play that often and he outscored Josh Anderson straight up this season he had more points than him and our fourth best player you can argue this might be Galchenyuk because he's got I think four or five points might be, you know, Alex Kerfoot. He's really stepped up and, and been a really good addition to that second line. And I mean, I guess when Felina was out and playing really well with Nylander, you could argue whoever it is, right? But my point is, making this short little list, is that Matthews and Marner are not there. And they have to be if the Leafs want to win this series. Talk about a gamer 
Austin Matthews is probably the biggest gamer we've seen on this Leafs team. I mean, since I've been alive. You want to talk about gamers. Austin Matthews scored four goals in his first game in the NHL. Four. Four goals in his first game. He's a gamer. He gets up for big games. How many game-winning goals did Matthews have this year for the Leafs? I don't have it in front of me, but certainly the most on the team, maybe the most in the league, and if not the most, he's up there for sure. The guy plays big minutes. He plays in the big moments. He plays at both ends of the ice. This guy is a gamer, and he hasn't been able to game. He hasn't been able to get it done in these first six games. It's just not good enough, which leads me to believe that Austin Matthews will score the game-winning goal in Game 7. It leads me to believe that. His shooting percentage is ridiculously low right now. I think he's shooting around 3%, which for a, a Rocket Richard Trophy winner, that's just not sustainable, which is good news if you're a Maple Leafs fan, I guess. But they've got to step up, man, both of them. Did I even talk about the Marner puck over the glass penalty? I don't know if I did. What a joke that was, though. I just... What was he doing? What was he doing? I know this episode is is titled Let Us Explain. Um, the Maple Leafs... Maple Leaf fan mindset. Eh, but it just seems like I'm I'm rambling and ranting. But, I mean, wouldn't you... If you're in this situation as a Leafs fan, don't you just want to get this frustration off your chest? I just I just don't know what else the Leafs could do to their team, especially, you know, their team on paper to make it any better. Like you look at it, okay? And I mentioned they were first place in the north. Okay? You look at their top 6 arguably the best top six in the league okay they have spent more money on their forward group on their top six than any other team in the league or at least pretty damn close they've spent more on four players let's say than any other team in the league okay and those players are really good I mentioned Matthews and Marner four and five in scoring this year it's 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 a joke okay these guys are really good Nylander Tavares had really good regular seasons as well. Willie, not so much at the start, more so towards the end. Uh, same with Tavares. He kind of stumbled a bit out of the gate, but he had a really you know, underrated, defensively good season, and he started scoring down the stretch as well. And and you know, So it's, it's good for both of those players. But you look at our top six, and then you throw in a guy like Zach Hyman, you know, maybe a Nick Foligno or an Alex Galchenyuk or whoever you want to put. It is arguably one of the one of the best top sixes in the league. Okay, you can't deny that. So okay, if it's not the top six, then it's got to be the depth, right? Okay, well let's acquire more depth players. That's what they did. That's what Kyle Dubas did. How about Jason Spezza, who makes seven hundred k per year? And it's funny, uh, Hockey Illuminati on on Instagram. He any anytime he mentions Jason Spezza, he says that he that. Spets makes 
about 200k after taxes, which is probably pretty true. And it's it's just a joke to think about because Spezza has been one of the best players on our team in this the, through this postseason, and uh, he's 38 and you know makes as much as like your dad, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, how about Jason Spezza? I already mentioned he outscored Josh Anderson this year. He had a phenomenal year. Okay, so what? You you need even more depth? How about Pierre Engvall, who's been incredible all year? Um, Alex Galchenyuk. Well, he single-handedly won us one of the games in this series where he had three points. What a joke. Who else do you need? Kerfoot? He's been really good this season. Maybe not the best third-line center option that we have, but he's been great on the wing. Joe Thornton? I know he's had his struggles, but another depth scorer. Wayne Simmons? You kidding me? You want better depth than Wayne Simmons on your fourth line? That guy will beat your face in. And then go on the power play and, and knock one in, knock in a rebound. Like this, okay, so then maybe you ask yourself, okay, it's not the forwards, must be the defense. Okay, okay, maybe it is the defense. You've got a top two of Riley and Brody. Riley is arguably one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL, okay? Top five in that category, maybe top 10, depending who you favor. Um, and TJ Brody has probably been the Maple Leafs' best defenseman consistently all year in terms of actually defending and allowing Riley to to jump up in the rush and score. Um, But Brody has been great. He kills penalties. He chips in offensively occasionally. I mean, he only had one goal in the regular season. But, I mean, he scored the other night in the playoffs. These are the types of guys you need to step up, and, and they're doing it. So, okay, let's look at the second pairing. Muzzin and Hall, you have a problem with that? You have a problem with this shutdown pairing? Jake Muzzin has been the, one of the most steady defenders in the NHL all year. Okay? And he's another type of guy similar to Wayne Simmons. He'll punch your face in uh, and then rip a shot from the point on the power play and score. Jake Muzzin had two goals the other night. You need him to play better in this series? No. Okay, so maybe it's Justin Hall. Well, it can't be Hall because he had a phenomenal year this year. He jumped up and and he's making a serious case for himself for Seattle to take him in the expansion draft. Hall has been phenomenal. It's not Justin Hall's fault. Okay, and then Bogosian? No, he's been fantastic. Sandine and Dermott? Okay, well now we're just splitting hairs. If you're if you're looking at your number 6 defenseman and, and Steve Dangle said this in his LFR the other day. If if you're looking at a number six defenseman, whether that be Dermott, Ben Hutton, Rasmus Sandin, Marty Marincin, I don't care. If that's going to make or break your team, you're not a cup contending team in the first place. And it's so funny that he said that because <laughs> it seems like those two have been making the most defensively boneheaded plays and Dermott directly led to the to the overtime goal and by the way this is still one take I think this is hilarious um but it's just funny it's funny how we mentioned that because they both have contributed poorly defensively to this team but they're a five or a six okay who has a better five or a six who has a better sixth defenseman than Travis Dermott not many teams not many teams in the league. Okay, so then what? Is it goaltending? Really? It's goaltending? Jack Campbell, I've already mentioned, he's been the best player in this series for the Leafs. And you've got Freddie Anderson. 
backing him up. Okay, I know Freddie's had his struggles, but as a backup, he's a career like 916 save percentage guy in the league. Okay, so then what is it? What is it with this team? They are very clearly the better team in this series. They have very clearly deserved to win most of these games. I would even say including game one. But not game five, not game six. So what do we do now, okay? And I should probably wrap this up. You're probably getting bored of listening to me ranting for for 30 minutes here. What do we do? What can we expect in game seven? I want to go back to, you know, the start of this episode where I was talking about guilty conscience and how I hear these these two voices, one voice saying, um, you know, this team sucks, they're going to choke. They do it all the time. They've done it before. They're going to disappoint you again and again and again, and they just don't have what it takes to win. And then that other voice, that rational voice, creeps back into my head, and it says, Chad, this team is better than the team that they're facing right now, the Montreal Canadiens. They have two of the top five scorers in the league, They have the Rocket Richard winner. They have a goaltender who's standing on his absolute head. This team is going to win this series. Austin Matthews is a gamer. He's going to score the game-winning goal. Mitch Marner embarrassed himself last game. He's going to put out a great performance. William Nylander has been one of the only forwards who is trying consistently in this game, or in this series, rather. He's going to come out and have a big night. And me being... (laughs) Me trying to be optimistic here. I am much more inclined to listen to that rational voice. And expect a Maple Leafs victory in Game 7. I don't like ultimatums. I, I I despise them actually, but I I think it goes without saying. If this team doesn't win game seven, you might have lost a fan. And I don't I don't even know if I truly mean that, but it just feels right to put that out there to highlight the amount that this means to me and Leaf fans alike, we need this series win. So that's gonna be that, that's gonna be where I end it here. And uh, this was a fun, I mean, not really, but this this was an interesting one take video of me just talking to myself and venting my my emotions about the Leafs and. And not really explaining anything, which is, uh, you know, a little bit disappointing because I I realize the um, title of the video is Let Us Explain. But at the very least, uh, even if I didn't explain through these rants, at the very least, I hope you got a glimpse into what it feels like to be a Maple Leafs fan at this point uh, in time. So that's it. 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Today is Sunday, May 30th. We will have another episode released tomorrow, Monday, May 31st. And it will be hopefully the three of us. I know it will for sure be Harper and I. I'm not sure about Casey. I I really hope he's able to make it. Um, And yeah, we'll be going through our second round predictions. And hopefully, hopefully the Maple Leafs are in the second round. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.